Good morning, Thailand. Welcome to GMT on this lovely Friday. I am joined today by my very good friend, Ryan Figueredo, who is the founder of Equal Asia Foundation. And before we get started with the news today, I wanted to talk with him a little bit about his uh, initiative. So, Ryan, could you introduce to us Equal Asia Foundation, a.k.a. Equal, Equal AF, an amazing name. So what is the mission over there? Hey, Alex, thank you for having me on your show. Mm -hmm. uh, my name is Ryan Figredo, and I use the pronouns he, him, they. I came to Bangkok in 2015, but in 2019, I started Asia's mm -hmm. first LGBTI think tank and innovation incubator. Think tank, cool. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the work that we do is largely focused on the rights of LGBTI persons. Mm -hmm. uh, our first project was on aging, older LGBTI persons. Mm. We work on climate justice issues. An oft-forgot demographic, right? Correct. Yeah, and they tend to be much more invisibilized than mm -hmm. most programming is focused on young people. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a significant number of older LGBTI persons. There's an yeah. entire generation of survivors, say, of the HIV pandemic. And that became quite clear to us during the COVID pandemic mm -hmm. because, uh, because we had no uh, contact with older people who had survived that pandemic. We didn't know how to cope with pandemics mm. like the COVID pandemic. So it really makes sense now in hindsight that we kind of decided to focus on LGBTI older persons. We also work with um, LGBTI gig workers and informal sector workers. Oh, okay. So uh, not it's it's just kind of like a, a sort of a networking kind of community thing to raise awareness and support for... Yeah, largely advocacy, but we also mm -hmm. do strategic intelligence slash research, and we also build the capacities of LGBTI organizations working in the region. So we work all across Asia from Pakistan, uh, in the west right up to japan in the east so wow so yeah difficult areas to be working in sometimes too yeah our, our, our region is disproportionately impacted by climate change disaster conflict a number of our countries are rapidly aging and there is no social protections for old lgbti people mm -hmm. and also because of all these issues there's a lot a lot of movement of lgbti persons so migrants mm -hmm. asylum seekers and refugees right. a large number of our countries still criminalize homosexuality which which makes them move from place mm -hmm. to place so yeah there's a lot of work to be done what we essentially do is we provide complementarity to existing NGOs that are already doing tremendous work in the region. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are gaps, and uh, those gaps are not for lack of intent, but lack of funding. Sure, sure. Resources are Resources always very are important, important for these kinds of battles. Well, thank you for the work that you do. Um, is there an app or something or a website we can go yeah, to? Yeah, so one of, these, one of the things that we've been focusing on, especially in the aftermath of COVID, is mm -hmm. focusing on the informal sector, where a lot of LGBTI persons find work because they experience stigma and discrimination in formal workplaces. But the downside of that is they don't, there's a lot of precarity in informal sector work. Mm -hmm. they, they are contracted. Instability. There's instability, yeah. it's contractual, they don't enjoy benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, and they often work multiple informal sector or gig work jobs, mm -hmm. um, which kind of is precarious, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, just to give you an example, a number of LGBTI persons deliver your food or parcels through, you know, a number of those platform apps. And if you look outside the window today, the pollution is pretty bad. Oh. And a lot of people in the gig work uh, cannot escape those cannot dangers. Escape those. And there is no health 
mm-hmm. benefits for them. So this is an example. We launched the Get mm-hmm. Equal app, and you can download that app online. It's built on top of Line, which is the mm-hmm. the chat platform, and you can download the app. It's called app.equalaf.org. Mm-hmm. This app allows uh, gig workers, LGBTI gig workers especially, to access job opportunities, mm-hmm. for employers to create opportunities, and for LGBTI gig workers to come together on community uh, on a com- on a community chat platform so they can exchange ideas mm-hmm. and organize around this app. Okay, cool. Well, check it out, everybody. Now, thank you for the introduction, but thank Ryan, you. let's get into the headlines for today. So sure. I'm going to get started over here. Oh, that's one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. You're good there. Uh, and today we're going to start off in Pattaya, where 16 Chinese tourists are accusing a tour guide of abandoning them. Uh-oh. So uh, Pattaya Tourist Police, yeah, <laughs> yesterday... <laughs> Uh, they were abandoned in an elephant village in Banglamung district in Padia by their Thai tour guides. It sounds Thai, <laughs> It is, uh, but one tour guide has denied the allegations. So uh, about 16 Chinese tourists went on this excursion in Padia to go mm-hmm. check out some elephants. And in the end, one of these Chinese tourists said, quote, I don't know why the tour guides left us. The two disappeared and did not inform us of anything. I didn't see their tour license. I don't know where my hotel is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're just here. Now, apparently the elephant thing was off the menu okay. for the tour, and they they were supposed to pay extra for this, which, which they, they, they refused to, apparently. Right. At least this is what the tour agency is alleging. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, generally, it's just a he said, she said with this tourist in the, the tour group right now. But I think it's it's... It's highlighting something we've been talking about on the show for a little while, and that's these uninformed tourists and maybe tour agencies that are taking advantage of the uninformed tourists. Again, I don't know who's the bad guy in this story. But it's made the news. (laughs) Yeah, it has made Well, because people are interested in these tourist, uh, like, you know, conflicts, if that makes sense. News like this is discouraging for for, tourism. tourism, yeah. Yeah. And uh, especially with uh, the the topic of Chinese tourism mm-hmm. coming back to Thailand being such a hot button thing right, right. now, there's a big push to encourage more Chinese tourists to mm-hmm. come into the country, right? The, for sure, and yeah. uh, that's because China's opening up again for the mm-hmm. first time. Um, but more than that, you know, they're flooding in, and now where's the infrastructure to take care right. of all of these Chinese tourists? Uh, because typically, Chinese tourists not the best with English language. Right. So you need a lot of yeah, specifically Chinese language for them. Yeah. Yeah. So um I don't know. What what do you make of the story? Would you put the blame on the tour guides or the tourists in this one? It's hard to tell. I mean, it was there's no information about what was agreed upon, right? Uh right. Besides, of course. Like I said, it's a bit of a he said she said right now, right. guys. Now, uh there is a, a a a bit of a stigma though going on on Chinese social media because mm-hmm. many influencers are accusing Thailand of uh of basically tricking Chinese tourists into illegal black market things, including sex work or even organ trafficking. Okay, that's which is completely unsubstantiated. Okay? So like these are just Chinese influencers trying to Right, causing a problem. The the sector, and that might affect the tourism here. So, but aren't we going into low season soon? I mean, well, you know, it's it's weird. Yeah. In these years, as everybody's sort of traveling again, so I think it's a little hard to predict. Right. What the seasons are going to look like. Um. But yeah. Anyways, well, we'll we'll let you know what happens there. Uh. Maybe. Well, let's move on to our next story. 
Can you yeah, tell us, so Ryan? We are, we're moving into the holy month of Ramadan. So the Thai, Thailand's leading Muslim cleric announces the start of Ramadan. Thailand's leading Muslim cleric announced the start date yesterday. Um, and he said, as announced to the Thai Muslims across the country, to sight the new crescent moon after sunset on Wednesday, the 22nd of March, to mark the first day of Ramadan. It has been confirmed that the new crescent moon has been sighted, yay, mm -hmm. and declared Thursday, March 23rd as the first day of the holy month of Ramadan. Mm -hmm. Muslims really make up roughly 5% of Thailand's population, mm -hmm. uh, mostly concentrated in the southern part of mm -hmm. Thailand. And an estimated 20% of Phuket's native population are Muslims. Mm -hmm. According to Phuket News, many government offices in the island provinces are making small donations of food and water mm -hmm. to be served at iftar, the evening meal with which Muslims break their fast at sunset. All right. So, yeah, Thailand is, it has a major, like, uh, yeah. minority, right? Muslims yeah. are about 5%, much more concentrated mm -hmm. in the south. But more importantly, it is a major tourist attraction for many Middle Eastern countries. I see. Um, Thailand I is a, what is this? Thailand is the fourth most popular non-Muslim country among Muslim tourists. I see. So despite the small Muslim pop, like think about that, right? Fourth yeah. most popular amongst Muslim tourists. Uh -huh. It's not even majority Muslim, right? How right. many, like, they're, they're not, like, think Indonesia, think uh, even true. Malaysia has a larger Muslim population. So it's very interesting to see. Thailand just has this identity of inclusion and yeah. bringing everybody in. And that includes even, you know, a small, 5% is a pretty small minority. But yeah. because of this approach, this welcoming and, and yeah. celebrating everybody, Thailand becomes very popular for other Muslim tourists. So, uh, yeah, keep it up. Happy Ramadan. Happy Ramadan. Happy Ramadan, everyone. Ramadan Karim to all of our Muslim friends. Yeah. Let me know if you guys are going to be fasting. Uh, We'll see. I'm, I'm, I am. I'm already hungry. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, anyways, we're going to take a quick break, and we got a couple more stories for you after we get back, uh, and we'll see you in just a minute. Happy Friday. And join the fun at Carnival Magic, the world's first high carnival theme park. Don't miss the opportunity to experience the enchantment of the magical wonders at the one, the only, Carnival Magic Phuket. This show is brought to you by Carnival Magic. It is a carnival fantasy. If you find yourself down in the Kamala area of Phuket, please go check it out. Bring your friends, bring your family, have some fun. All right, now let's get back into the stories for today. I got one for you, Ryan. Uh, hey. A little bit of airport news. <laughs> so Bangkok Airways is set to launch a, a Koh Samui, Hong Kong direct route. Um, and, and this is aiming to generate more revenue from foreign customers. So the president of Bangkok Airways revealed that a nonstop Kosamui Hong Kong flight is in the works and could launch sometime this year. Mm -hmm. The president said that every airline is trying to recover and increase flights. However, the issue is there are not enough personnel. Also, disused aircraft must be repaired, but the production of new airplane parts is slow and repairs take a long time. He estimates that the foreign customers will make up 60% of all passengers on Bangkok Airway flights this year. Bangkok Airways will accelerate sales by offering promotions during the holidays, such as Songkran, and, uh, and uh, the website will also be getting a makeover. Uh, the airline's overall goal for 2023 is to complete 48,000 flights, generate 15 billion baht in revenue, and sell tickets for an average price of 3,400 baht. So... 
the planes are moving again. Um, yeah, we have some big festivals coming on along the way. A lot of songkrans coming up. And that's a really long weekend. Mm -hmm, of course. Yeah, and this is a really good move in that direction. Yeah. Well, especially for uh, you know, Hong Kong is such a major hub yeah. of. Uh, travel right like right. so many flights and routes go through uh the hong kong airport so having a direct flight from i'm, I'm sure there's already direct flights from hong kong to phuket sure. but uh kosamui adding more destinations and by the way have you been to the kosamui airport i haven't you have not i haven't been to kosamui <laughs> oh really okay yeah so kosamui was where i got stuck in 2020 um but uh yeah that oh, is the pandemic yeah i'm telling you that is the nicest airport wow. i've okay. ever been it to it's very beautiful regional it's just all green and really well manicured uh yeah kosamui airport so this would be an upgrade right with this flight coming in from hong kong well yeah i mean because usually you would have to fly to suratani and then take the whole Understood. you know okay. bus and boat and everything flying into kosamui is typically more expensive uh i would argue worth it it's a lovely airport experience and then you don't have to deal with the you know bus yeah. and boat of flying into suratani Correct. So, uh, yeah, anyways, you never been to Kosamui, Copenhagen? No, I'm more of a mountains and hill kind of person. Ah, uh, you're heading up north. I'm heading up north. And that Chiang Mai, Isan vibe going. Correct. I got you. Cool. All right. Well, anyways, that's enough about airports. We talk about those all the time. Talking about chicken and rice and eggs. Let's finish up with a fun one. Ryan, tell us about this gastronomic <laughs> experience. Go on. I found this really very cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. A uh, Taiwanese woman shrugged aside the well-worn slogan, pleasure on the lips, lifetime on the hips, <laughs> to emerge victorious in a food challenge at a restaurant in Bangkok. The foodie devoured three kilograms of chicken and rice in just 35 minutes. Wow, that is... That Jesus! Is <laughs> Making her the 37th winner of a challenge since it was launched 10 years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. The chicken rice shop, Shui Long Pachana, I'm sorry mm -hmm. for my pronunciation. You're Posted fine. a picture I would have of done a Chinese worse. woman mm -hmm. with a great giant empty plate that was piled high with chicken and rice on its official mm -hmm. Facebook page yesterday and announced her victory. The mm -hmm. page caption said the 37 champion of the giant chicken rice challenge, a Taiwanese woman mm -hmm. in a cute student uniform. <laughs> uh, spent 35 minutes finishing the food. So cute. Right. So yeah, the uh, th this food challenge. Have you ever done a food challenge? No. Yeah. So I have. Uh, I failed every single time. Like I always, I'm like, I could do that. I, you don't, I don't necessarily set you up for success. <laughs> for sure, no. Like the whole the whole point is right. Like you you if you don't make it, you have to pay whatever oh, yeah, it is yeah. for it. Okay. If you if you finish the food challenge, it's you get free. A, you, get a place on the wall. you get a place on the wall. You're a legend. Whatever. Right. What I don't understand is how. Like people like this, this Taiwanese girl. She, her YouTube page, by the way. She, she, she's an influencer. She's got about fifty thousand followers on her channel, and all she does is food challenges. Wow. So clearly, there's. I think it takes training, man. It's like it's a lot of binge yeah. eating and stuff like that. Now this uh, meal was one kilogram of chicken, two kilograms of rice, <laughs> and you have to finish it within an hour. So well she still, well she still had twenty five <laughs> minutes to spare. But uh, this is still not the most impressive win that they've had. Now, you know, there was 37 winners, so that's about they're on three to four mm -hmm. winners a year. So that's you know it's quarterly almost. Right. But uh, one person managed to finish it in about I think it was like 11 minutes, wow. 11 or 17 minutes. He must I, have been really hungry. What is going? On? It's like, <laughs>
just, how do you prepare for something like this? I like, like I said, I think it's just training. <laughs> you just, salvation. you just have to punish your stomach a whole lot. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of those weird. Um, it's called um, oh, gastric dilation. This is like that. Uh, sorry, that's Sounds it's a real so thing. <laughs> Give it a Google. It's, I swear it's appropriate for work. <laughs> I believe you. But gastric dilation is uh, a special thing that only okay. certain people have. And that's why you see girls like this able to put away three kilograms. Like, think about that as a percentage of body weight. That was probably like five percent. She added like five to ten percent to her body weight, I think. Yeah, just, come to think of it. <laughs> just insane to me. So, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty funny stuff. Um, but, yeah, would, have you guys ever participated in any eating contests yeah write to us give us a recommendation <laughs> yeah let me know i know there's there's some of the curry houses and stuff like mm -hmm. that i failed every single one uh so let us know your insights and what you guys have been trying to binge and put away three kilograms oh gosh <laughs> i can't even think about it man like i didn't eat breakfast i'm hungry but that still disgusts <laughs> me <laughs> all right well anyways guys that's it for the headlines today Thank you. Thank you, Ryan, Thanks for so joining us. Uh, check out Equal Asia Foundation. Please do. And also, please join us. We're going to be starting a new show uh, in about one hour. We'll, well, at 1030, less than an hour. We'll be uh, starting Tiger International. We'll be exploring uh, many different uh, <laughs> subjects, politics, pop culture, sports, science, all sorts of things. Congratulations from, on the new show. Thank you. Well, I'm just trying it. But, uh, yeah, join us, live chat. We'll be talking to you, and uh, we'll see what you guys have to think. Okay. All right, guys, have a good day. See you later.